It's Christmas. Is that a good time of the year? Why is it a good time of the year? Aye? Christ was born. True. Um, there's lots of reasons why the world celebrates Christmas. Um, all over the planet, we're entering to a festive season. And um, I want to kind of look at uh, the Christmas, Christmas, why we celebrate Christmas. And I've um, entitled a message this morning called, um, uh, Who is this baby? What did you say, Andrew? What child is this? Who is this baby? What child is this? That all these thousands of years later has, is still affecting the planet. Man, that's one powerful baby. Now, I'm a grandparent. And um, I've also, I'm also a dad, and I have shared the joy of, first of all, seeing my own uh, family, my baby, my, my children being born, and I'm also enjoying the fact now that we have grandchildren that are being born. Um, uh, here's the interesting thing, though, and, and I was saying to um, Zoe, or not saying, telling, really, about um, when little Nora... Uh, was in her tummy, and um, here's this whole new life developing within her womb, and, and all the thoughts that a mother can only have about a child. What will this child be like? You know, and there's that, those thoughts of worry and fear, you know, of protecting that little fragile life as it develops within, and there's all these wonders of what this baby could be, and you know, I know part of... Um, Zoe's concern was, please don't make her like Darren, please. <laughs> no. No, but you, you get what I mean? About a baby and this unknown quantity of what a baby means to us. And then they, mums give birth and, you know, um, little Vance was born, Nora was born. Vance, Vance, I'm a Kiwi, mate. We say Vance. And... Um, there's still that unknown factor, even when the baby is born and held in the arms of what will this baby be? Where will this baby's life take it? What are the gifts and the, and the characteristics of this baby? And I want you to think about that this morning, that aspect of about uh, Mary, Joseph, and all the people that were in that world at that moment when this baby is born on the planet. A baby now, remember that we, as a world, has affected civilization. And Christmas is really about trying to remember who really is this baby. You with me? So, Father, I thank you for the truth and the wonder of the word. I thank you, God, for the remarkable fact of who this baby really is. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would bring revelation to each of our lives, a deeper insight, a deeper understanding about the baby born to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so who was the baby? First of all, let's think about Joseph. Uh, welcome to you guys at the back too. There's a fellow. Uh, where are you from, my friend? Kenya. Kenya. I, I'm a Kenyan and Ugandan myself, really. I go there a lot. I've been to Kenya quite a few times. A lot of my friends over, over there say to me, well, you might be white on the in outside, Keith, but you've got, a, you've got an African heart. 
So, welcome. Really good to see you. Anyway, I digress. Yeah, welcome. Where am I up to? All right, now imagine Joseph. So Joseph, his first kind of encounter or moment when he's about to uh, hear that Mary is with child. He hears that a baby is within the womb of this woman that he's betrothed to. And his first reflection on this baby that's coming into the planet, his first understanding of interpreting what this baby means is one of fear, one of heartache, one of uh, what do I do now? And he uh, responds out of uh, the sense of, well, I really don't want to have anything too much to do with this baby. I'll do what's right. I'll try and set it up for her. But man, I don't want to have too much to do with this baby. Because his view of this baby being born is that Mary must have been unfaithful to him. So he had a picture of a baby that was probably not quite correct. That was, from his natural understanding, looked a particular way. And uh, the question he would have asked, you know, as I said, was, who is this baby? Uh, Think about Herod. Herod, when he hears that there are these wise men who have come from the east, and he's hearing that this baby has been born, uh, and the baby is probably possibly a year and a half, two years old by that fact, but he's heard of this baby and his first understanding of who this Jesus is, who this baby is who has come to Israel is one of fear and what's the other word? It threatened him. The baby was a threat. So who was this baby to hear it? Why it was a threat and it created fear in his heart and it caused him that to come up with a plan to kill this baby. See there was a reaction to a baby being born called Jesus. The world today is reacting to Christmas and those of who, who it's very hard even now to hear in the Christmas message that baby Jesus is actually in this thing and it's about him. You with me? But the world and everybody around it is trying to interpret around us even today, who is this baby? And even you today, you have an interpretation even if you are a Christian of who this baby is. You with me? But there is so much more to who this baby is. There was so much more to who this baby was for Mary. Um, I can't remember. There's a song that goes something like, um, I was going to sing it this morning for you guys, but grace prevented me. No. Um, There's a song, it it goes something like this. Um, Mary, did you know? You know the song? It's basically a song about Mary. Did you know what this baby would become? And even then, Mary, who had an encounter with an angel, who told her that this baby was going to be conceived of the Holy Spirit, she still didn't really fully have the whole picture of what that meant. There was way more to the story of who is Jesus. Hey, now I want you guys to do something with me on this journey um, of today, and I've been talking about it a lot, is we use the term amen. Amen is a term whereby uh, uh, 
in, in the Bible and, and in Christianity where we say, hey, man, I agree with that statement, so I want you guys to send me some amens as we do this journey of this message. Can we do that? Amen. Excellent. Love it. Because amen means we agree. And see, Christmas is about a moment that we take up in the year where we stop, pause, consider, and we agree with God on who this baby is. You with me? Excellent. Who is this baby? Joseph thought it was uh, a representation of the act of Mary's unfaithfulness. But something changed. Something changed from his first interpretation of who this baby was because he had a divine encounter. He had a divine encounter with an angel sent from heaven to help him to try to understand in a deeper way what the significance of this baby being born was. You see, part of understanding who Jesus is is that you must have a divine revelation where God is involved revealing to us who Jesus is. You with me? Revealing, it had to happen to Mary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I love this one. And kind of, I'll pinch this from Pekka. Um, it says that just before Jesus was born, that they had to travel to Bethlehem because there was a census going right throughout the whole of the Roman Empire uh, and everybody had to be numbered and you had to go back to where you came from or where your family came from. So Joseph had... Uh, uh, roots basically in Bethlehem, so they carried, carried their lo- uh, they ca- they went back to Bethlehem, and um, we all know the story that Jesus had to be born in a manger, which is basically a stable or a barn because there was no room anywhere else. So think about it. So Joseph comes from Bethlehem. That's where his family comes from. He's got family members living in Bethlehem, and they would have heard of Mary carrying child, and yet Joseph and and Mary had not gotten married. So their interpretation for the people of Bethlehem, for even their family of this baby that was about to be born, was in fact one of rejection. You see, they saw that, or they perceived that Mary and Joseph had mucked around before they were married. And they, had, they all had homes. Why didn't someone open their home up? Why didn't some family member say, Mary, you know, it's okay. You know, you can, have, you can give birth to your baby in our home. No, 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 no. It was a rejection of this baby because it represented some kind of religious understanding or thought. And so there was a rejection. You understand what I'm saying? There are all these reactions that go on in the world, even today, trying to interpret who this baby Jesus is. We going somewhere? So, for the people and family in Bethlehem, uh, baby Jesus represented Mary and Joseph's sin. And so they rejected them. Now what about the whole of Israel? What about the nation of Israel? What about... Uh, the nation as this baby is, is being born into become an Israelite, how did the nation of Israel react to it? Well, basically, uh, it's just another baby born. Anybody who passed 
uh, little Jesus in the street as another Israeli would have gone, you know, hey, just another little baby born. There's no significance really. Yeah, it's kind of nice, a little bit cute, but it's just really nothing of really any great significance to me. And see, much of the world today thinks of, well, you know, maybe they'll see a picture of baby Jesus at Christmas in a manger and their interpretation will be, you know, that's nice, just another baby born. And see, who is the baby? Really interesting. So I want to talk today, coming out of this thing, who is this baby, to remind us as a church, and maybe to bring a deeper revelation of, in fact, who this baby really is. You see, I've been doing this journey for a long time now. I've been um, doing Christmas messages for a long time as a minister, you know, and it's just another Christmas, you know, and I, and, and I try from my view because I don't, like, I don't think we should just have another Christmas. I think that we need to be an ongoing revelation of who Jesus is. And I've been doing this thing, as I said, for a long time. And I know that as each year goes by, I get a deeper revelation, a deeper understanding of the significance of this baby called Jesus who came to the planet. You see, understanding who Jesus is, is an ongoing revelation of the significance of Christmas, my friends. Some of you got it? Amen. So, I want to look in John. Very interesting because the Gospels, uh, so the Gospels, the New Testament, we have a thing called the Gospels. The Gospels mean uh, uh, good news. And the uh, the Gospels, there are four Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And Matthew and Luke record a lot about the Christmas story. John uh, seems to skip it, but actually he doesn't. And this interpretation of John perceiving who the baby is. I want to look at John's understanding and revelation of who the baby born in Bethlehem is. So John chapter 1, 1 through to 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So this is pre the birth. This is pre Jesus coming to the planet. And John is trying to teach us and show us, hey, even before this baby came, this baby was very, very significant. Even before this baby came, this baby was in fact an existence, but not as a baby. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, verse 3, through him All things were made without nothing, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of of all mankind. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. So here's the thing. The baby existed before the baby became a baby. The baby 
was in fact right at the beginning of when everything that you see in this universe was made. You see, it also says that not only was that baby in another form and existed even at the beginning of time, but that baby was also part of the reason things came into existence. Pretty cool. So this baby, who is this baby? Why that baby is in fact uh, a being that existed at the beginning of time. And not only that, that baby didn't just exist at the beginning of time, that baby was part of creation. And not only was that baby just part of creation, and it says that all things were made through him, it also says that the word became flesh. See, that's where history, creation, and everything changed. Because this baby existed before and was God, but this baby then, uh, this God, Jesus, the third person of the Trinity, came and sort of intersected into mankind, became flesh. You with me? And I'm not probably telling you anything you know, but I'm trying to maybe reinforce, but some of you, maybe this is a revelation. Jesus ain't some baby, friend, that's all pretty and born in a manger. Jesus existed before time and is God. Hallelujah. It talks about this thing called the Word. It says the Word was with God. And it says that the Word was part of everything being made, not the the name Word, and that the Word is in fact God. So if you want to know who this baby is, you've got to understand this thing about the Word and who the Word is, that the Word is God and that through the Word, everything you know of the universe exists. In fact, you know what? You exist and were made through Jesus as the third part of the Trinity. Crazy. Very interesting. The word... Word is a Greek word that means logos. Logos is a super interesting word because logos in the Greek and in this description is trying to get us to understand what this baby, backtrack, what this entity, this third part of the Trinity, uh, what was his role in, in the third part, the, the third person of, of God, which makes God. What was his role? Why? He's the word. But what's the word? And that's logos. And it means this. Here we go for time. It means the divine expression of what God would think, say, and do. So Jesus, the word, it's kind of like your words are a product of what's going inside this thing you call your brain or your mind. So Jesus was the thoughts, the will, the emotions uh, of of how God thought. But not just stuck in God's head, it was in a form that was used to create. So the baby is not just the baby, my friend. You with me? Logos. It says in... uh, 
John 1.14, the word became flesh. So the word becomes flesh. Little Finn, little Vance, little Nora are flesh. You and I are flesh. You are flesh. You with me? So it means the word, the creation, the creator part, the thinking of God, the, the, the utterance of God's mouth, into, it becomes this thing called flesh. It becomes just like you. Jesus became a man and a member of the human race. God now no longer just existed as God. God now becomes this flesh or part of man. He became a man. God became a man. The baby represents God becoming a man on the planet, carrying all that God is, but became a man. In theology, we describe this as becoming, uh, Jesus is fully God. There is no part of Jesus. He's fully God. He's God himself. And then it's also the other term is he is fully man. So Jesus and his, uh, who he is, he's fully God and he's fully man. Hallelujah. Which again is really interesting. Now when it says that he became flesh, it's the same word, so in John when it says, and the word became flesh, it's the same word we use in Romans chapter 8 that Paul used to describe you and I. It is the exact same Greek word when it talks about the carnal man. And the carnal man, uh, you and I, are these people that have this ability to do tremendous good, but we also have an ability as carnal, fleshly people to do really dumb and stupid things and dark things and be mean and horrible. But there's nobody here like that today. Oh, no, Gary, don't look at me. I'm not saying Gary. You with me? Any perfect people here? No. None of you, and me. We all have this fleshly person, this carnal man. Jesus, and this fully man, became just like you and I with the ability to do tremendous good, but the ability to really do wrong or to sin. You with me? So the baby, fully God, fully man, and this fully man aspect means that he had the same temptations that we face that he had the same weaknesses that he carried being born that he could have acted out, but he never did. You with me? Which is quite amazing. And there are some incredible truths that are wrapped around that thing to do with him becoming flesh. See, ever heard the saying, never judge a man unless you are prepared, unless you walk a mile in his shoes. You ever heard that saying? Can I have an amen? So I know you've heard it. What's that trying to say? It's saying we, as a, we have a propensity to judge as human beings. We do. And we will look at the surface and judge someone from the what we think is apparent, but this, um, I don't know what you would call it, proverb, I don't know whatever you call it. It's trying to say, hey, dude, don't judge someone until you've been prepared to walk a mile in their shoes. Why? Because there's a whole lot more to pictures usually. There's a whole lot of reasons why people do what they do. And here's the cool thing. Jesus 
has walked the same miles, has worn the same shoes as you and I do every day. Through the highs and lows of life, through the difficulties, through the sicknesses, through the ups, downs, highlights. He's walked the same shoes. That baby grew up like every other baby did. He pooed his nappies, friends. I mean, that's crazy. He fed from the breast of his mother. He grew up as a child trying to interpret the world just like every child tries to interpret the world. He went through the difficulties. He also suffered through the rejection of those family members who held on. Well, you were born in sin. He also went through the danger of someone trying to kill him. He has walked a mile, actually a lifetime, as a man, and has experienced everything you ever go through. The baby came to earth so God could speak from someone who had walked in your shoes, friend, so God could talk as someone who understood your challenge, your difficulty, your sadness, your hardship, and your highlights. How cool. He understands you. And you know what? He doesn't even judge you. Because it says that God sent his son not to condemn the world. He didn't send Jesus to come and judge you and pick on your faults, friend. He didn't send Jesus to come and say what a bad person you are and that you should never have done this or done that. He never came for that reason. He came to the planet and one of the reasons was so he could understand you. So he could speak from experience about how we can walk through the difficulties of life. That's why he's called the Word. That's why the words of Jesus are recorded in the New Testament to give you uh, the, the light, the signpost to walk through what life will bring your way. You with me? Can I have an amen? Hallelujah. Wrapped up in the baby. Who is this baby? The tail end of verse 14 of John 1, 14 says, I'll read the whole verse, sorry. The word became flesh, just like you and me. All the challenges, had to eat, starve, whatever. You know, had people to, that annoyed him. All the stuff. And did he have some people that annoyed him? My God. Look at his 12 disciples. Sheiks. Mind you, he's still got a bunch of those annoying disciples today. And you want to know who they are? Go look in the mirror. I'm sorry, my friends from Africa. Please come back. It says this, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. God lives with us. When Jesus came as a baby and instituted, he was called Emmanuel, which means God was no longer up there or around us, but God was with us. So when that baby, my friends, when he came to the planet, it was a declaration from God, friend, I am with you. I'm with you. Every single one of you, God is with you. And he's not only with you, he understands you. And he, didn't, he understands you in a way not to point your faults but to lift you through the challenges of your life. God dwells with us. And it ain't stopped since Jesus came. 
And even today, he is with us today by his Holy Spirit. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. And then this last statement. Full of grace and truth. So Jesus came, became flesh, dwelt among us. And not only did he come to dwell among us, he brought some stuff from heaven. So it says the Father sent Jesus with this thing, a description. Jesus came full of grace and truth. Remember, he didn't come to judge. Too many Christians bang a big stick about God being this judgmental harsh. That's not what the Bible says to me. It says that Jesus came, sent from the Father, carrying this thing called grace and truth. He, you know, I used to be a tradesman. I still do building work now and I have a toolkit. And when I got to go do a job or when I had to go and do a job, um, I would have my toolkit with me to, to do whatever I needed to do, whatever that job was. I'd have all the tools I needed. And um, if you're a good builder, a good tradesman, that's what you do. You don't know what you're going to come up, to, you know, come against, but you've got the tools to do the job no matter what. And so Jesus came equipped with his tool bag, filled by the Father, with this thing called full of grace and truth. Super interesting. So the baby sent from heaven was caring full of, full of grace and truth. A baby. It's crazy. The God baby, in fact. Grace and truth. Why did Jesus come with a toolkit full of grace and truth, not sort of some truth, not a little bit of truth, not some grace, but full of, totally full of. Ever seen something that full that overflows? He, he was full to overflowing with grace and truth. Why? Why did he have to come and bring truth? Because the world was deceived and continues to be deceived. He needed to bring truth from heaven, not truth that passes away, not truth that is fashionable at the moment, not the truth that the government tries to tell us, not the truth that changes because fashion and circumstance changes. No, 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 no. He came to bring the truth that was from eternity that would last right through to eternity. He brought absolute pure truth. He brought pure truth, pure truth, my friends, because those he came to rescue needed to know the truth. Ever known anybody who blames everybody else for the trouble of their lives? Ever known anybody who, ah, that, this, what, what? And they push away owning their mistakes. They push away owning whatever they did and they blame other people or make excuses. See, you know those people will never go further and they will go round and round the mountain and the world has been going around and round the mountain because the problem with man is a thing called sin, which is basically out of that flesh man 
And we do dumb and stupid things that not only hurt us, we hurt other people and we needed to hear the truth. And you, you and I need to hear the truth today. And you know what else? Remember I said he continues to... Are you with me? Because he also said, know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, sometimes as a minister, I've had to deal with a thing called deception. And I've had to deal with a thing called deception with ministers. And, uh, and I ain't saying that I'm a, one little pure old whatever. No, man, there are parts of me. But I've had to step into situations where there is a minister who is deceived and out of that deception they do some stupid things. You with me? Friend, there are parts of your life where there is deception. There are parts of your life where you are being robbed of why you were put on the planet. You are being robbed of the wonder and potential of your life because deep in parts of you there is some deception. And Jesus came to tell the truth to free you and I from those deceptions. That's why he came full of truth, full of grace and truth. You with me? Right. You know what else the truth does? See, the truth is not just to point out the deception, but the truth is to release your potential. Lots of people are living way below their potential because they believe a lie about themselves. But the thing about Jesus coming was as the truth that he wants to speak and pour upon us is it releases the incredible potential within us. You with me? It's not just about the, about the you know, um, showing the whatever. It's, and it's, he wants to tell you the truth about who you are. That you are made by him. That you are made in the likeness of him. And that you carry within your incredible potential. Incredible giftings that can help change the world around you. You carry incredible giftings as a parent. You you carry incredible potential to take you to places and do things you never thought possible. But you need to hear the truth. You with me? Right. And he came with a thing called grace. Grace means this. Jesus came full of kindness, acceptance, divine favor, and forgiveness. Jesus came full of the truth to set you free, but he also came full of acceptance for you. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done. He don't write you off. He just automatically wants to accept you where you are. The baby came carrying divine acceptance. God's divine acceptance for his creation. The baby came full of kindness. Man, do we need some kindness in this planet. Rachel said something super interesting the other day. Andrew's amazed. You mean Rachel said something super amazing? You know the, 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 the sad, sad story about the boy who drowned... 16 years, right? In our lake. We live very close to the lake and we've been watching, we were watching the whole thing unfold. He's just so terribly, terribly sad. And anybody who is a parent can't not but put yourself in the shoes of that parent. With me? But Rachel was saying that there are these Facebook warriors who are putting out 
what, what they should have done so this would never have happened. How the hell is that going to help the parents right now? What the hell good is that? God doesn't come to tell you off. God came with incredible kindness for you and me. Christmas is about celebrating that wonderful kindness sent from God. Divine favor. You see, there is favor on those who choose to follow and believe who Jesus is. And it ain't favor because, you know, it's a natural thing. It is supernatural favor was wrapped up in that baby who would only just believe who he is. And friend, the more we, we understand who the baby is, the more our lives will live in the space of um, supernatural favor. I mean, is that a bad thing? Is my belly hanging out or something, Karen? You're looking at me like... I've got to tell you, Christmas is not just about growing your belly either. I've got to tell you. Was that? I don't know. Those two give me some weird looks sometimes. And I'm just like... Jesus came with kindness, acceptance, divine favor, and forgiveness. He's not just a baby. He's not just the person you perceive that baby to be even today. And I don't care how long you've been a Christian. There is more revelation for you to understand who he is. I'm going to finish with this. And it's again in John chapter 1 verse 12. And this is the most wonderful thing. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become a child of God. You see, Jesus came not to judge, not to make you feel bad about who you are, not to show you unkindness, but he came and the whole process of him coming and dying on the cross was to try to get this world to believe who he is so that he could make them sons and daughters of God. How cool is that? Friend, it says you've got to receive and you've got to believe. Now you can keep living your life and just believing it was some baby or you can keep believing that Jesus is some threat to your future and wants to steal from you and you can ignore who he is and even try and shut him down in your life. Or, which is the heart of God for all of us, is that you will actually believe who this baby really is. He is God, God himself, come to the planet, the God who created all the heaven and all the earth and even you, who has come to the planet, who had become part of mankind and has walked the same troubles that you and I walk. And he doesn't come out with a stick judging you. He comes out with understanding and kindness and care and he accepts us. And he wants to pour his favor on us. 
And he wants you and I to be people who live lives as children of God. Amen? Is that a good reason why to celebrate Christmas? Hallelujah! God, you know, we, we can't hide nothing from you. And Lord, we can, we make our choice about who we choose you really are. But Holy Spirit, I pray today for the hearers of this message. Holy Spirit, that there would be a divine revelation. That even, Lord, there would be encounters with angels and supernatural things that would bring deeper understanding of who baby Jesus really was and is. And I pray for those, Lord, that may never have really taken that choice to receive you this morning. That this would be a moment where they would receive you, Jesus. They would receive and believe who you are and know the great joy of becoming a son or daughter of God. In Jesus' name, amen.